Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Tim. <laughs> uh, welcome to worship. We're glad you all are here with us this day. Beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord. As a reminder, as always, if you're a guest, please fill out the tear-off portion in the bulletin. Put it in the offering plate as it goes by. We'll have a record of your attendance, as well as uh, please continue to give prayer requests. On the yellow side of the space, they can be anonymous. We don't share prayer requests. Anything you need prayed for, we'll pray in our staff meetings on Tuesday, although Tim will be gone on Tuesday, so we will pray for you without Tim this week. So don't have to put his name on any of the prayer requests, though. He would still find out. All right. A few other announcements. We have uh, several things going on. Remember, tonight is our encounter um, service at 5 o'clock. We meet right here in the sanctuary. And talking with our group, we just wanted to remind, this this is for adults. I think some people said, well, Dwight, maybe they think it's a youth service. This is an adult teaching service. We've been going through the book of Colossians, having a good time of uh, learning from God's Word. So 5 o'clock in the Sanctuary's Encounter, RAs, GAs, Mission Friends, Children's Choirs, uh, all go on as well tonight at 5 o'clock. Ensemble and handbells to follow. Uh, This Wednesday, our Wednesday supper is chicken casseroles. Sign up for that. Make mention in the bulletin. It has connect groups meeting this Wednesday. We are at our week off this Wednesday for Connect Groups. Those are the adult Bible study groups. So this week, the Connect Groups do not meet because we have our business meeting. So we need 40 people to meet right here, 6.15 Wednesday night for our business meeting. And uh, please please come and you can be involved for that uh, this Wednesday, 6.15. Our Connect Group study, our new six-week series will start the following Wednesday. So we will share more about what those three choices are. Uh, this next Sunday. Then we also um, wanted to make mention of the fellowship breakfast, which is this Thursday. It's not at 7.30. It's at 7 a.m. Thursday at Cold Harbor Restaurant, 7 a.m. For those of you who would like to join uh, everyone at the fellowship breakfast. Other thing we do have on Wednesday nights, our Awana program has been going really, really well. We've been excited about that. Some of the changes you may have heard of We've, have, we've had some new families, some new children, and we are still in need of, of two or three more leaders to help. Uh, basically, assistance, helping kids with Bible verses and different things like that is our main needs in the classroom. So if anyone is not engaged in the Connect groups or the Bible studies or you would like to help out, please let me know. We have a place for you in Awana, and uh, we're excited about what God is doing in that time. Uh, Elf, Karen, are you ready? All right, come on up. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's Operation Christmas Child time. Pray and prepare. All year long, you faithfully brought items to fill shoeboxes for needy boys and girls. Have you been praying for those boys and girls? God knows where each box is going. Please be praying. October is our final month. And can you guess what the assignment is? It's hair and head. It is combs and brushes and barrettes and hairbands and bandanas and hats and even perhaps a tiara. 
Every box, every boy and girl needs a comb and a brush, don't you think? The elves have been counting everything you've brought, and wow, did you meet the need for pencils. Thank you very much. We did find that we need more of these items to pack full boxes. We need more dolls, stuffed animals, playing cards, um, and coloring books. No toothpaste, candy, or gum this year. That's import regulations that crack down. So that's space in our boxes that we need to make sure that we are um, bringing adequate enough stuff so that the boxes will be full. I have important numbers for you to remember. November 5, two weeks from today, will be our third annual packing party. 12.30 in the Family Life Center. We are not able to prepare lunch for you this year, so perhaps you want to bring a quick lunch. Um, perhaps you want to go out to lunch after the packing party, but it will be at 12.30 in the Family Life Center, November 5. 200 plastic shoe boxes and thousands of items will be available to you that day. Every age can have a job, and every one of you will be important to a successful packing party. At our 2016 packing party, we packed 200 boxes, and then you brought another 180, which brought our grand total to 380, the most Mechanicsville Baptist Church has ever contributed. So, can you and your families, friends, neighbors, clubs, and whoever pack another 205 shoeboxes this year so that we can reach our 2017 goal of 405 shoeboxes. One final number to remember, November 19th is dedication day. All shoeboxes are due by that day. Do let me tell you that when we um, cleaned up around the church um, about a month ago, we moved the collection box from the Family Life Center over to the um, education hall right down here from the foyer. And so you will find the big box there in, um, in the next-to-last classroom, or maybe it's the last classroom. Um, so you can... Drop your items off there, or the box is in the foyer, and you can drop your items off there. I do know that there are many needs here in the United States, and that sometimes we don't understand why our shoebox gifts go to over 100 countries around the world. Please remember that just like there are home missionaries, there are also foreign missionaries. Each has their place, and each their calling to bring folks to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is our easy opportunity to participate in foreign missions, just like we participated in home missions through Caritas and on the trip to Nicholsville. Operation Christmas Child is a project of Samaritan's Purse, an international relief organization. Our mission is to provide local partners around the world with shoeboxes filled with small toys, hygiene items, and school supplies as a means of reaching out to children in their own communities 
with the good news of Jesus Christ. We ship these simple gifts outside the United States to children affected by war, poverty, natural disaster, famine, and disease, and to children living on Native American reservations in the United States. What a joy to participate in offering hurting boys and girls a simple gift and Jesus. Pray and prepare. Good morning. Oh, y'all forgot. We were off a week and you forgot. So let's try that again. Good morning. Thank you. Psalm 66. Shout with joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringed before you. Is our God just an awesome God or what? Well, let me hear that. Let me ask that one more time. Is our God an awesome God or what? Yes. Yes. Okay, can you say it louder? Ready, go. Yes. Okay, good. Well, now let's stand up and sing those praises to him. Our God is an awesome God. Can you stand up? If you need the words, they're on page 63. And if you don't need the words, um, there you have it. Okay, let's stand up and raise our voices, not to move, not up here, up there. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are thankful that we have the opportunity to worship and honor you as the most awesome God and the only God. So Jesus, we come to you this day uh, with grateful hearts that we can gather in this place and lift up the name of Jesus and lift up your value and your worth And we give you all the praise. God, we pray that this service would honor you and glorify you. And we welcome your Holy Spirit as you guide and direct us this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we continue to think about the wonderful name of Jesus, let's take our hymnals and turn to hymn number 315. His name is wonderful. Let's stand together as we sing hymn 315. His name 
Thank you, and you may be seated. Please turn with us in your hymnals to page 499 for our responsive reading this day, 499. I will read the lighter portion, the worship leader, and together you all read the worshipers, the darkened portion. For this is what love for God is, to keep his commands. Now his commands are not a burden, because whatever has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. And who is the one who conquers the world? but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. In all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loved us. Today, you are about to engage in battle with your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted. Do not be afraid, alarmed, or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Thanks be to God, who, who gives, gives us, us the victory, victory through, through our, our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Keep your hymnal open to that page, 499, and let's sing that wonderful hymn, Victory in Jesus. Please stand together as we sing.
has built for me in glory. And I heard about those shapes of gold beyond the crystal sea, about the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song and remain standing for our offertory prayer. Good morning. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, we're here today as an offering to you on this beautiful day, and we would pray that you would bless these offerings and tithes and that they would just, ways that would honor you and that would bring glory to you, Lord. And we're just so thankful, and we pray in your name. Amen.
Shall we pray? Eternal and loving Father, into your presence we bow with thanksgiving and joy for the privilege of being called your children and for our ability to call you Father. We're thankful, Father, for this opportunity in this house of worship on this day to come. Lift up praise to your name and listen for a word from you. We come, Father, with expectation. We come, Father, seeking to encounter you as we open your word, as we sing your praises, and as we lift prayers in the name of Jesus. We pray, Father, this morning for those who are ill, for those who are facing surgery even tomorrow. We pray, Father, that you will bless and bring healing to their bodies. And for those, Father, who are not doing well and who have found themselves at the crossroads of life, We pray, Father, that you will give them strength for the final journey. For those who have lost loved ones in recent weeks and months, we lift them before you. And pray, Father, that you will encourage them, minister to them, comfort them. We know, Father, that you have all power. And you have our best interest in mind. We're thankful for words that we read before. If God is for us, who shall be against us? We're thankful, Father, that we can share that message with the world. We're thankful for our mission field here in Mechanicsville. We're thankful, Father for mission fields around the world and for those who are willing to go. We're thankful that we are able to support them through our giving and through our prayers. We pray, Father, that as we open your word this morning that we might find purpose and meaning for our walk with you today And in the future. We're grateful Father for those who give of their time to teach in Sunday school. And for those who give of their time to teach at other opportunities. And to minister in the name of Jesus Christ here. We're thankful that we have the resources to provide a place. That people can come and encounter you. We're thankful for these past 40 years. Help us, Father, to not dwell on the past. But to look now, today, in the present. And to know, Father, that you hold the future. Draw near to us as we seek to come near you. In the name of Jesus we pray. 
Amen. We have seven people at Eagle Irie this weekend at a conference and we want to remember them in prayer as they are there for a retreat with one of our special needs groups and so we're grateful that they had the opportunity to go and uh, Dwight mentioned to you that I wouldn't be here on Tuesday. The reason is I'm going with a group of five to Eagle Irie uh, tomorrow around 11 and we'll return on Wednesday for the 55 Alive Retreat, they call it. I'm a year short of being uh, eligible, but I go with them and take them. We have a wonderful time, and uh, they allow me the opportunity to teach a class, and uh, we hear good preaching and have good food, and so pray for us as we leave uh, tomorrow around 11 to be there through uh, Wednesday uh, afternoon. We should be back uh, sometime in mid-afternoon on Wednesday, but wanted to make you aware where we would be. We go every year. used to be in May. They moved it to October so we could enjoy the leaves on top of the mountain. So uh, we look forward to that time. Our scripture this morning is found in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Two verses we want to look at as we look at salvation today in the present tense. 
Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Counting time is not nearly as important as making time count. Someone has said, I have only just a minute, just 60 seconds in it, forced upon me, refused it, can't refuse it, didn't seek it, didn't choose it, I must suffer if I lose it, give account if I abuse it, just a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. There are three days on everybody's calendar, regardless of how many days you have on your calendar. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Many people miss today because they are living in yesterday. Others miss the present because they are worried about tomorrow. Worry is a bully that takes everything from us and gives to us nothing. So this morning we want to take a few minutes and look at salvation in the past and in the future and then concentrate on salvation in the present. The burden of this passage of scripture in Philippians is the plea that the Philippians work out their salvation. They are encouraged to work out what is already there. That they work out what God worked in does not capture Paul's picture. In the verb form, out is an intensifying preposition, as in the expression to work out a problem. It is to complete or bring together something to its goal. Paul does not specify what precisely he means, but the context offers us some clues. His appeals have been self-abnegation and sacrificial service rather than self-seeking and empty boasting about what we have done or what God has done for us in the past. Just as Christ's exaltation followed upon his humiliation and sacrificial service and just as Paul finds his own course to be on this pattern, so the Philippians are called upon to work out their own salvation. Not in selfish bickering and glory seeking, but in putting into practice among themselves the mind which they know is in Jesus Christ. For Paul said in another place in his writings, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Your own salvation, as we speak of working out your salvation, refers not so much to individual salvation as to that of the whole community. Paul is speaking to the Philippian church. It is the quality of their corporate life that most concerns Paul. How are they relating to one another in the church? And how is those, are those relationships working out and being witnessed in the community? Even so, the corporate life, the church life, is the composite of individuals and the desired quality depends on how we as individuals respond to our salvation. This in itself is Paul's personal challenge to us. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Work out 
your salvation. But we want to look at it in terms of salvation in the past and in the future and then talk about it in the present. Jesus Christ came to save us from the past. Many years ago, an English earl visited the Fiji Islands. Being a non-believer, he critically remarked to an elderly chief, you're a great leader, but it's a pity you've been taken in by those missionaries. They only want to get rich through you. No one believes the Bible anymore. People are tired of the threadbare story of Christ dying on the cross for the sins of mankind. They know better now. I'm sorry you've been so foolish to accept this story. The old chief's eyes flash as he answered. See that great rock over there? On it we smash the heads of our victims. Notice the furnace next to it. In that oven, we formerly roasted the bodies of our enemies. If it hadn't been for those good missionaries and the love of Jesus that changed us from cannibals into Christians, you'd never leave this place alive. You better thank the Lord for the gospel, otherwise we'd be feasting on you. If it weren't for the Bible, you would now be our supper. Christ has the power to change people. As the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ came to take away the sin of the world. Jesus came and lived and loved and served and suffered on a cross that He might die in our place under the penalty of our sins. Many passages of Scripture confront us with the glorious truth that Jesus Christ died for our sins, that He might save us from all we have done in the past or are doing in the present or will do in the future. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we gain a position of acceptance with the Holy God. Through faith in Jesus Christ, we pass from under the wages of sin and receive the gift of eternal life. As we look at the great redemptive acts of Jesus Christ and our new relationship with God on the basis of faith in Christ, we need to beware lest we think in terms of salvation only in the past tense. What's in the past is in the past. We live in the present. God has taken care of our past. And as we look to our past, we all have a past, don't we? Some good, some bad, some neither, really. But we all have a past, and Christ has taken care of our past through His redemptive act on the cross and through the resurrection. And because He has taken care of our past, Jesus Christ also came to save us in the future. One of the main motives people have for trusting Jesus Christ is that they might be prepared for the future. The Scripture speaks a great deal about being prepared, doesn't it? We have parables that Jesus shares with us that talk about being prepared. So we prepare for the future. The scripture tells us and observation verifies that it is appointed for all people to die. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27. This passage also informs us that Jesus Christ who had already borne the penalty of our sins will appear the second and final time not to deal with our sin but to save us from the very presence of sin. 
Paul wrote to the Philippians that the day will come when we will be raised from the dead and be fashioned after the likeness of our glorified and risen Lord. We will live a glor- in a glorified body. That's why we can't get so bent out of shape when we think about, well, what will it be like? Well, you know, we really don't know. Because we will be glorified. We live in a sin-sickened world, in sin-sickened bodies. But in the future, that won't be the case. Jesus encourages his people not to be anxious about the future because he will not only go to prepare a place for them, but he will return to receive them unto himself. He goes and prepares and he comes for us. In Revelation, we find a brief description of the house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, which God is preparing for those who love him. Read Revelation 21, verses 3 through 5 sometime. A missionary took the gospel to an old pearl diver, but he didn't respond. He said, if the gospel is free, it's worth nothing, and he didn't want it. Later, because of the missionary's continual kindness and hospitality the national, to the national He brought a pearl to the missionary and said he wanted to give it to him. Then the man went on to tell him the story behind the pearl. His son one day was pearl diving and he put a pearl in his bag. Then as he reached for another pearl and started to come up, he went down a little way and seemed to lose his strength. Later he came up but water was in his lungs and he died. I want you to have this pearl. The missionary said to the man, this is just like salvation. You are giving me this pearl. It is free. But it's worth very much because of the sacrifice. What Jesus did for us on the cross was worth more than anything we could ever possess. It's as if God gave his most precious gift for our redemption. And because of it, we are forgiven for the past and we have preparation for the future. As a result of what this missionary said to the man, he accepted Christ. But let's look for a few minutes at the present salvation experience through Jesus Christ. Jesus the Savior came into this world to do more than just save us from the sins we committed in the past. And He came to do more than save us from the presence of sin in the future. He came to save us from the power and practice and downward pull of sin as a present day experience. Our text gives us the gospel of our present tense salvations. God is at work in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Jesus Christ died on the cross under the penalty of our sin. He conquered death and arose triumphant and victorious that he might deliver us from the power and practice of sin in the present. In the conversion experience, we invite the living Christ to dwell within us in the person of the Holy Spirit. He dwells within each of us in order that we might experience a great salvation in the present. He teaches us how to relate to God and to our fellow human beings. He has given us the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, Christ living within us, God in us. 
leading us each day as we walk. That's important to understand. Because I know there are times that if you are like me, and most people are the same in this way, there are times that you dread the day for fear of what might come up or what you already know you might have to deal with. It's difficult, isn't it, from time to time. But we need not fear the day if we understand that as we walk through that day into the present, that God is with us along the way. If God is for us, who shall be against us? Our Lord would save us in the present from hate and hostility toward other human beings. By teaching us about Christian love, our Lord wants to deliver us from destructive relationships with others. Work out your salvation, he says. Our Lord would save us in the present from anxiety about the necessities of life by encouraging us to have a great faith in our Father God. Our Lord encourages us to seek first and foremost the rule of God in all of our relationships and to trust the Father to provide for us the necessities of life. Taking God at His word and trusting Him today. Knowing that tomorrow is not here. But if we walk with Him today in His grace and in His mercy and in His love, He will empower us to do great things today. Our Lord has bestowed on each of us the gift of His Holy Spirit in order that we might be enabled to live a Christ-like life in the present. If we have the Spirit in our lives, then we will have the gifts of the Spirit. As they are listed in Galatians. The fruits of the Spirit. If we are producing that kind of fruit, then we are walking today with the Lord. Salvation is God's work from beginning to end, which requires that it become our response from beginning to end. God initiates and completes. He gives the resources for the goal to which He calls. His demands are first of all His gifts. God gives Himself. Becoming in us a transforming presence. God is at work in you. He is there both to will and to work. God awakens in us the will and incentive to salvation. He supplies through His own indwelling the energy for it. To work translates energy, from which comes our word energy. Salvation is God's work, but it is never imposed. Always God works within our willingness to be used. But that happens each day. If we wait till tomorrow to do what God would have us to accomplish today, we will live defeated lives. And we'll never understand what it means to work out our salvation in the presence of the Spirit, in the presence of the people around us. We see, he says, also work it out with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling are not cowardly fear or mistrust. They refer to awe and reverence in the presence of God. The nearness of God actually working in us and among us is not to become a familiarity in which God is thought of as just one among another. 
Although nearer than a brother, he is not just a brother. He is God. Fear and trembling are also appropriate to the primary importance and eternal significance of the kind of existence which may be called salvation. If we only understood what God has done for us, the things we can't understand this side of eternity, there would be more reverence for God. For He has given us far more than we could ever gain on our own. He has shown us so many things that we never would have seen had we not been enlightened by His Spirit. Paul, in rendering all that he once was as gain for the sheer privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as Lord, it was precisely in sharing in Christ's suffering that he found assurance of sharing in His triumphant resurrection. He presses on to the goal which Christ has set for him. A life of triumph through seeming defeat. Of life through what takes the outward shape of death. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Paul exhorts them to do all these things in order that no one either inside the church or on the outside will be able to find any fault or insincerity in them. He wants them to be God's children so morally unblemished that they can affect for good the corrupt society in which they find themselves, dispelling evil and ignorance as the lights in the sky, the stars dispel darkness. But to be this kind of people, they must hold firmly to the gospel which they have received and which is God's means to bring them life and give them direction for living. He wants us to walk with Him today in faith. Not tomorrow, but today in faith. We can accomplish so much if we would overcome the attitude that if I only have things lined up just so, just right, then I'll do what I need to do. What we hear here is very clearly a call to work out your salvation on a daily basis. Make a difference today. At the International Youth Triennium in Bloomington, Indiana in July 1980, Professor Bruce Riggins of McCormick Theological Seminary was sharing with 3,800 attendees that he had met a very dedicated Christian working in an amazing way with the underprivileged people in London, England. He wanted to know what inspired her Christian faith and action. She shared her story of how seeing another Christian's faith converted her. She was a Jew fleeing the German Gestapo in France during World War II. She knew she was close to being caught and she wanted to give up. She came to the home of a French Huguenot. A widow lady came to that home to say that it was time to flee to a new place. This Jewish lady said, it's no use. They will find me anyway. They are so close behind. The Christian widow said, yes, they will find someone here, but it's time for you to leave. Go with these people to safety. I will take your identification and wait here. The Jewish lady then understood the plan. The Gestapo would come and find this Christian widow and think she was the fleeing Jewish woman. 
As Professor Riggins listened to this story, the Christian lady of Jewish descent looked him in the eye and said, I asked her why she was doing that. And the widow responded, it's the least I can do. Christ has already done that and more for me. The widow was caught and imprisoned in the Jewish lady's place, allowing time for her to escape. Within six months, the Christian widow was dead in the concentration camp. This Jewish lady never forgot that. She too became a follower of Jesus Christ and lived her life serving others. She met God through the greatest love a person can give, personal sacrifice. But when did the Christian widow do it? In the moment. On the day. In the hour. When the need was the greatest. In faith, an authentic Christian lives his life or her life serving others, saying, that's the least I can do, considering what great sacrifices Christ has already made for me. Christ has saved you to live today. Not to dwell in the past. Not to concern yourself with the future. But today. Yesterday, I found myself in need of medical care, and I was in Roanoke. I'm fine. I had a place removed from my back three weeks ago, and it's infected. And so I had to, uh, knowing I was going to Eagle Irie, I had to do something because I knew that I couldn't let that go on. So uh, down the street from where we were staying overnight, Friday night, there was a minute clinic for CVS. I said, well, I'll go down there. I have an hour, not a minute, but an hour. So I went down there, and I had to wait a little while, but in the course of waiting a little while, I made friends with everybody there. Imagine. I talked to the lady next to me, and She told me that her husband was there for a physical for his job, and she told me what he did, and she lived in close to Buckhannon. I said, oh, well, I grew up in Natural Bridge. We talked. Then it was close to the pharmacy, so struck up a conversation with the pharmacist and with the other people, found out where the children went to school, and just had a big old time standing, just waiting. Now, I could have focused on the problem at hand and decided to sit there quietly and worry about what the doctor would or would not do. I could worry about the infection and what the results of it could be or I could make friends. And I chose to make friends. To live in the moment. Then I go in to see the doctor, chatting it up a little bit more, find out she lives in Buena Vista. I said, oh, I have family in Buena Vista, and it just went on from there. You see, we make decisions about how we're going to live. And Paul would encourage us to live. Understanding that salvation is the present. 
And what we can do today can make a difference in people's lives right now. If we wait until tomorrow, it may be too late. But by God's grace, we are here today. The great salvation that Jesus Christ brings to us relates to the past and to the future, but also very much to the present. It is not His will that you live in weakness and defeat. If you will come to Him and trust Him, not only for the gift of forgiveness, but for victory in the present, you can be sure that He will assist you. He is not a Savior who is limited to the past. He is not a Savior whose power is to be revealed only in the future. Jesus Christ wants to give you victory over evil in the present. He wants you to live for Him today. Don't put off what you can do today till tomorrow. Because tomorrow... For you may never come. Work out your salvation. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do. For his good pleasure. Allow God to use you. Right now. Shall we pray? Gracious Lord, we are grateful for the encouragement that we can find in knowing Jesus Christ, in recognizing that we live for Him today because He has given us today. May we, Father, learn to walk in trust and obedience to Him. As we leave this place and serve in the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of commitment and invitation is number 500, Trust and Obey. If we trust Jesus, we will trust Him today. And let tomorrow take care of itself as we walk into it with Him. The invitation is always open to anyone who would receive Christ as Savior. Walk with Him as we stand and sing, trust and obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. Let us do His good will. He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and
So that you don't go out wondering why I was in Roanoke, I had spent the night there because there was a football game in Blacksburg that I wanted to go to yesterday. And fun was had by all. So uh, anyway, that's where I was. Yes, because of the 66,000 that were there, probably all but 500 were tech people. So so we had a good day. Um, But that's what I was doing uh, in Roanoke uh, yesterday. Uh, please, again, pray for those who are traveling back today and those who are traveling mar- tomorrow to Eagle Irie for uh, the um, uh, part of the week. I thank you for being here this week. We had such a big week last week. Anything we did this week would have the potential of being uh, less exciting, wouldn't it? But it's always exciting to be in the house of the Lord, and I believe that because we encounter God in our lives as we listen for Him. So thank you for being here. Let's bow for the benediction. Gracious and eternal God, as we leave today, thank you for this very moment. Thank you, Father, that in your presence we are grateful to listen to you. Help us, Father, as we depart today to know that it is by your grace, your mercy, and your love that we are sustained here today and that we are redeemed. Bless us as we depart. In the name of Jesus, amen.